You know, you wake up with a song in your head, and you're like, huh, I do a podcast. That would be a killer opener for the podcast. It's actually the opening theme song to an incredibly popular, internationally acclaimed anime called Cowboy Bebop. In fact, that right there, that banner that hangs on the wall here in the studio, the Cowboy Bebop banner that my daughter bought me for uh, Christmas a couple years back, that is the theme song to that particular piece of Japanese animation. And, oh, my God, then they came out with a ridiculous deluxe edition of it on vinyl and i looked at it and even with my 20 percent discount because i work at the record store it was still way too expensive so what did i do i don't know i bought it you bought it of course i bought it i bought it because i am weak <laughs> and small and simple and predictable my name is brian oak and that is sean bernard this is the 150th episode of the brian oak show podcast I don't, is mathematically, is that possible? Can we verify that? It seems like it's made up. It, it does seem like it. I mean, we've done a lot of these. I know that we've spent a lot of time together. Yeah. And over the last year and a half, we have done a lot of these. 150 seems excessive. Maybe we should be checked. Maybe we should check in with a professional. When we first launched this, if I would have told you that you would have had to spend like 150 days with me. You'd have been like, fuck, no. That's not There's true at no all. Chance, I've dude. always enjoyed your company, <laughs> but I've never had to go through it quite like this. So if you asked me yesterday, I might have said fuck no yesterday. But, but no, back then I was glad to say yes. And I'm glad I said yes now. Sean yeah. and I have been doing this for 150 episodes here in the Smart Start MN studio. And Smart Start MN, the primary sponsor, the main sponsor of the Brian Oak Show podcast, 150 episodes. I will say this, though. The thing I am surprised about is when you asked me, I had li- literally, literally listened to two podcasts in my entire life. Not, not two, like, multiple editions of two podcasts. Two episodes of two podcasts ever, and I'm like, I don't know. I guess we could do a podcast. Cool. I I don't know. I'm I'm used to sitting behind a microphone and talking to people. So I mean, I I guess. And you know, we've had our ups and downs, but we found we found our way. Here we are in the Smart Start MN Studios in scenic, historic, and hopefully non-burning South Minneapolis. Forty eighth in Chicago is our neck of the woods by the Parkway Theater, and uh, it's a tense time in our city right now. Right. Um. The jury is deliberating in the Derek Chauvin trial, and just a mere 10 blocks north of where we sit right now is the memorial for George Floyd. I mean, what's going to happen? There's a lot on the line, and I know that you're supposed to sequester a jury, and they're not supposed to think of any idea things outside of the case, but let's be honest. If this doesn't go the right way, if it's not just the cop individual police officer that's on trial right now policing is on trial minnesota is on trial i heard it said earlier today and at first i thought it sounded ridiculous and over the top but i believe it's true humanity's on trial right Mm -hmm. now what are we going to look like moving forward who are we going to be what are we going to stand for what is going to happen and you know living in this city and loving this city i'm not calling it my city right i'm saying it's a city that i call home a lot of people live in the city including at one point george floyd He also used to live in the city until he was murdered in broad daylight, which was filmed adequately. And I know the defense only has to sow the seed of doubt in one juror's Uh mind. And if that happens, it's going to be terrible. And so I'm not saying it's predetermined. I'm not saying that someone should be made an example of. But I am saying that if we don't get this one right, and by we, I mean 12 very specific people... 
it's not just going to be here. There are going to be places that burn across this country. Frankly, internationally. We saw what happened last May. Yeah. I, and so I don't want to spend the day thinking about that because we're going to talk to a guest today that I've never met before who I'm very excited to pick his brain and learn more about and learn about a very special event. In fact, a series of events that are coming up shortly here. And he has a great taste in music, we learned. He has an exceptional taste in music. Like, this is somebody I would go to a rock show with. You know, I, I had somehow missed his musical selections and I, I was like, oh, hey, we need some music. He's like, I already sent them to you. So I looked and I'm oh, oh. Oh, so, you know, yeah, we have we have something very fun coming up for you just ahead. So I don't want to get too heavy, but, um, you know, slowly we're getting vaccinated and the jury is deliberating as we speak. Also, it's 420. I know that neither you nor I participate anymore, but (laughs) (laughs) speaking of participating in 420, I picked this song for a number of different reasons. A, for the the unbelievable stress and pressure that everyone's feeling right now and just hoping to get back to some sense of normalcy, but also in Jamaica, they smoke weed. I don't know if you heard that. Here's Toots and the Maytals on The Brian Oak Show.
Oh, man. The legendary Toots Hibbert, the man who is credited, frankly, with coming up with the word reggae with his song, Do the Reggae. And then he, Toots Hibbert, uh, and his band, uh, the Maytals, they, oh, man, they cranked out so many good songs. And, of course, we uh, we lost Toots this last September, September 11th, believe it or not, age 77. And he died in Kingston, Jamaica. Happy um, life, Toots Hibbert, and thanks for bringing the incredible music. You know, he he did one of those Santana-inspired duets albums yeah. where, unfortunately, Eric Clapton played on that particular song with him. Yeah. And I don't know if you've heard any of Eric Clapton's music, but Clapton <laughs> can't fucking help himself. And yeah. he just, he smothered what is a brilliant, simple, and already heavy song in its beautiful, smiling simplicity and just smothered it and didn't do anything to add to it. And because he's Clapton, everyone's like, oh, it's fucking brilliant. And it wasn't. It was actually terrible. It's the Brian Oak <laughs> Show, episode 150. It is sponsored by Smart. Smartstart MN. Smartstart MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. Speaking of terrible, you or someone you love gets a DUI. Things change radically, dramatically. They change overnight. You don't get to drive anymore. Your license has vanished. And things are going to get expensive. You've got plenty of hoops to jump through. The last thing you want to worry about is, oh my God, how am I going to get actually back into my car? Let alone, I mean, like even if you don't hurt anybody, even if you don't break any laws, you know, I, no jail time, you're still going to lose your license. Even if if you're not completely convicted, you need to get back into your vehicle. And the quickest, most efficient, and most affordable way to do it are with the originators of Minnesota's Ignition Interlock Company. That would be our friends over at Smart Start MN. Great guys, also big music fans. And if you want a discount on the installation of the Ignition Interlock, just go to smartstartmn.com slash the brian oak show what's fun is ed from smart start mn um i you know your facebook memories come up yeah, every once in yeah. a while and i had a facebook music memory come up from like i don't know seven nine years ago and i saw a couple of comments from ed on there i'm like i know that dude I know oh, that, yeah. dude. Yeah, I mean, it just it's weird to think how long, you know, you know certain people on social media, and then suddenly they have a real-life impact on you. No, huge music fan, and he and I were going to go see a band right before everything oh. got shut down on COVID. So, Ed, this is my rain check to you. I will take you out to see the show of your choice once we're actually allowed to go, but I'm I'm still waiting a while, man. I'm, I'm playing this one safe. Got my first vaccination. Next one's coming up a week from tomorrow. I know you're getting yours this week, right? Yeah, mine is tomorrow, my uh, my second vaccination. Are uh, you excited to be a 5G hotspot? You think I ain't? Are you ready for those microchips? I already have two <laughs> for other reasons. Weird, <laughs> Multi-chips. Dude. Yeah, no, oh, you're a multi-chip. You're like the Starbelly Sneech. <laughs> you know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Let's go ahead and meet today's guest, shall we? Yes. Today's guest, is his name is Dave Egamo, and Dave is a St. Paul native. He is one of us. He is a Minnesotan through and through. Grew up, went to college, got a business degree, moved around, sold medical stuff in Chicago, moved back to Minnesota to complete graduate school, got his MBA in marketing. This is a motivated, this is an, an incredible young man who's like, I'm going places. I am getting things done, including reproducing. He had his first child, then along with his wife, had two sets of back-to-back twins. <laughs> so he had five children <laughs> under five <laughs> years of age. Damn, Dave. I mean, like, I, I had the one, and that was exhausting. I can't imagine, Dave. Make sure you move right up all the way on the microphone here, all right? All right, thank you. So uh, this is just part of it, but now we're not here to talk about your 
prolific reproductive capabilities, which, by the way, are amazing, although... Your you bountiful br- seeds. You, you brought that on that. yourself. I, I can't imagine the diaper quotient, what it must have been like. <laughs> um, and you've been a lifelong music fan as well, as is obvious, but you also were diagnosed at a relatively young age with Parkinson's disease back in 2005. Right. And, and uh, so we're here today to talk about some upcoming events for the Parkinson's Foundation. But first of all, I'd like to say hello. It's nice to meet you. Hi, Brian. Hey, Sean. How you doing, Dave? Thanks for coming in. Great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you're rolling along. And at the time that you were diagnosed with Parkinson's, did you know anything about it? Had you, had, I mean, had you had familiarity with it? Was there any sort of family history? Had you had any experience with it at all before you heard that word when you were at the doctor's office? No, there really wasn't any family history. And we had a little bit of uh, essential tremor. Uh, my grandfather has essential tremor, but my familiarity with that was nil. So coming up to this time, the only... Uh, experience i had with parkinson's is observing michael j fox and mm-hmm. and muhammad ali and sure. people like that and going oh boy that yeah. doesn't look fun <laughs> yeah and uh turns out it's not but <laughs> it was I, so I, I, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that are going to come from a very ignorant point of view. Not ignorant in the sense that I'm trying to be stupid. Ignorant in the sense that I know as little about Parkinson's as you knew when you first heard the words, right? right. I've seen Muhammad Ali. I've seen people in my day-to-day life with Parkinson's. I saw Michael J. Fox. You, and again, I, I, I know it's different for everybody, right? Like everything's different Absolutely. for everybody, right? And so I'm certain that there are varying level levels of Parkinson's. You don't seem to suffer from constant tremors. You don't. You seem to be able to communicate well within normal parameters. Is is that a, is that a common uh, expression in Parkinson's? Uh, like you said, it, it's really it's different with every individual. And I um, personally have had two brain surgeries. It's called DBS surgery, deep brain stimulation. Mm. So I've got two yeah. probes in my head. Are they in there right now? Yeah, absolutely. And they just attach to them when they need to attach to them? No, I've got two wires that go on each side. They run down my neck, and they go to a little pacemaker in my chest. And that sends an electrical signal to those probes. And what that does is that kind of takes care of the, the issue of depleted dopamine in the brain and allows those circuits to communicate. That's amazing. Yeah. So it it's absolutely yeah. just amazing what it does. And, you know, my my big issue... Your hands are steadier than mine. Yeah, my big issue is tremors. Right. And you can see that... And so that's, that's it. The, your, your lack of tremors now is directly a result of those particular probes being inside you. Yes. All right. So let's let's back up a little bit because I know so little about Parkinson's and I it makes me feel a little embarrassed. Um what at its essence what is parkinson's what's happening inside the body that that makes parkinson's so devastating parkinson's is basically a failure to communicate in the brain it's uh, the dopamine in your system is depleted for some reason they don't know why but you the dopamine facilitates communication between your brain cells so the lack of that is what causes Parkinson's, or not causes, but it drives the Parkinson's symptoms. And everybody's symptom is different, like you said. Uh, 
you know, of all the people I've met with Parkinson's, there are no two that are alike. Well, and I guess I'm not surprised to hear that when we think about how how delicate and how individual and just how sophisticated the brain is when you start to have a deficiency or a limitation or like you say, the dopamine being choked off for whatever reason or redirected. It's not surprising with how sophisticated the brain is that it would manifest differently in virtually every person who's experiencing one of these situations. How many people are suffering from Parkinson's? that we know of like diagnosed nationwide there's about a million people have parkinson's disease uh the actual ratio of how many people have it to like per 100,000 for some reason minnesota is like one of the highest in the nation and uh we really don't know why for sure um it could be the agricultural chemicals it could be you know anything mayo the existence of mayo here makes us a little bit more aware of some of some of the diseases throughout the country that are um, really focused diseases so we really don't know the the core cause of parkinson's no and, and it doesn't appear to be genetic. There is there something along the genetic lines that increases likelihood? Well, funny you should ask that, Brian. <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to be funny. I'm trying to learn, man. Lobbing because... up a softball, right? Yeah, well... the, uh, yeah the 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 uh, event that we're having Saturday, May first, is uh, one of the key. Um, what what do you want to call it? Booths that we're going to have at that event is called PD Generation, and it's a study that Parkinson's Foundation is running with uh, members across or people that have Parkinson's across the state, and studying the the connection between genealogy and whether that drives anything, and so. I myself participated in that study, and it, it ended up coming out that um, I really have no genetic tie. There's nothing that's driven that genetically with me. So nothing in my personal history, as far as they know, has driven the Parkinson's in me. Well, I, I just I, I ask because to me, genealogy and brain chemistry is so fascinating. And I don't pretend to be a medical individual. I don't pretend to be a proper scientist, but things of a scientific nature and things that that sort of speak to that weird, amazingly, almost freakishly complex nature of human existence. That fascinates me. Like, look. He's better looking than I am and has <laughs> and has piercing blue eyes. And so I wonder, is there a genetic tie, right? I mean, like, right. is, is there a thing that, that, that applies to it? Before we talk about the upcoming events, because I think, you know, obviously, you know, people want to support and they want to help and they want to understand. But I feel like Parkinson's is one of those diseases that until it hits close to home, right? Until, you know, you see Muhammad Ali, you see Michael right. J. Fox, but until it hits close to home or maybe hits you personally, it's not one of those things that motivates people to get up out of their chair and go write a check and learn more. And they should learn more because it is widespread. It is something that hits a lot of people and it's going to affect a lot of people, either them personally or their life sooner 
than they may expect. And so I, I want people to know more about it. So we're going to talk more about the events. But because this show is also about no matter who the guest is, the music that you love. When I said before, and I openly admitted that I did not read far enough down in your bio, and I, I screwed this up, you picked a top five all-time band for me. One of the greatest moments in my professional life was getting the opportunity on two different occasions to interview John Doe and Exine Trevenka from the Los Angeles band X. Ostensibly, they're thrown in with that first wave of punk from the late 70s in Los Angeles, but they're so much more than a punk band. Yes, they were punk in ethos and attitude and maybe even look, but this was a proper Americana american band that wrote some of the greatest songs of all time and the voices and everything else i want to know what what do you love about x what made you i mean i know it says here you're a lifelong music fan what makes you love x oh x is one of the bands that uh i started listening to when i was in college and that was kind of my my big music growth time i mean you know i listened to you know coming going through high school and so on i I listen to what my friends listen to. I listen to Led Zeppelin and <laughs> classic rock, yeah. the Beatles and the Stones. And and then when I got to college, it was kind of like my educational experience. I mean, everything opened up. And uh, I heard X somewhere. I don't know where I heard it, but started to listen to them. And they like like any other band that's really good. They take some getting used to to really love them. And uh, I went and saw these guys. I, I believe it might have been about the same time that you saw them in '85. We could have been at the same show. That <laughs> that was that was literally the first time I was in the First Avenue main room. I was a junior in high school. And I cut swim practice to go see X in the First <laughs> Avenue main room. I'm going to tell you right now, as a kid from Coon Rapids, I felt pretty effing punk, Dave. All right, I felt yeah. pretty effing punk. Well, you were in a good crowd for that. Yeah, I'll yeah. Tell you. Yeah, and well, uh, there at the First Avenue venue, seeing these guys live is is just an experience that you have to have to really appreciate this band. I mean, seeing Billy Zoom do his <laughs> signature poses. I mean, the, the kind of creepy leer that he did at all oh the God. women in the audience, but also these impossible riffs. Like he's standing there, like he doesn't even realize he's playing guitar, and he's just burning off incredible licks. Yeah, he, he is something else, and, and that's why I picked this live tune, uh, Johnny Hunter and Pauline, um, because it really kind of encapsulates their live performance, and I think it, it sort of communicates. A lot of times live music won't sound as good on, on air, but this, I think, captures some of the spirit that uh, they drive live. Johnny, 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 Johnny,
Such a good pull, Dave. Oh, and at the very beginning of that double album, so that song comes off their 1980 debut, Los Angeles, right? And then the live double album X from the fabulous fabulous Whiskey A Go-Go on the Sunset Strip came out in 88, and it opens up with John Doe going, well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Whiskey A Go-Go on the fabulous Sunset Strip. And then they tear through these songs that helped define the 80s for so many people, certainly in Los Angeles. So I've seen that band throughout the 90s into the 2000s and what i noticed is from that first show i saw him probably the same show you and i were at together dave is exine was wasted she was completely out of body she was out of her head <laughs> it was it was not great she was not a, a willing or you know a very a very quality participant in the proceedings but as that band got older and sobered up and continued to focus on their craft they got better every time I saw them. Yeah. I saw them for the last time three, four years ago, at opening for Garbage and Blondie like out booze? at no out at no. Uh, Mystic Lake. Oh, okay. And when it wasn't the whole band, to be honest, it was just John and Exine. But um, they sounded brilliant. They sounded fantastic. Yeah, the last time I saw them was at the Caboose, and Exine was very she was on the top of her game and uh, that's what I, I was at that show as well because billy zoom was back at that yeah, show he was. and i was right down front and the person i was standing with at one point reached out and touched his pointy blacked boots that he was wearing and uh the caboose is a weird place to see a band that incredible and that amazing because all the force and all the experience that they bring to bear is right there in your face it's amazing absolutely it's uh you know band or uh, a bar i grew up with you know, going to the U of M, uh, that was the go-to place. We used to get on there and see. I remember Johnny Ray and the reaction on oh, Wednesday yeah. nights. He'd have a kind of a residency almost there, and we'd go down and see Johnny Ray play. And uh, we there'd be about three people in the bar, <laughs> and so we'd stand right up front and go, "Woo, Johnny Ray!" <laughs> <laughs> We, I've asked him if he remembers that, and he doesn't. But, no. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, those are weird nights where you're like, oh, there's only three people here. We'll take another round of drinks up here. <laughs> right. you, must, you must have found yourself at the Whiskey and the 400 Bar and the Triple Rock or Blondies, I guess it was, before it was the Triple Rock. I mean, West Bank was a cool place to see music. Yeah, it was. Uh, and the 400 was one of the the really small venues. It was just an intimate venue to get to go see a band so that was great to go there people keep asking me knowing my love of queens of the stone age if i saw queens their first time through at the 400 bar and my response is always the same 
fuck you uh, <laughs> because because i did not before we go any further with dave egamo and find out about all the cool events the parkinson's foundation has coming up this month and has been already involved with throughout the month of april i want to mention sean bernard sean bernard is my friend he's the producer of the show he is uh, a bon vivant a man around town uh, but he's also a realtor for edina realty the 50th in france location and it's go time i'm starting to get like i'm starting to get things on our google calendar where you're not available because apparently Mr. Mr. Property Manager has things to take care of this spring. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a busy one. Uh, specifically, if you're looking to list your home, now is a good time. Even if you just want me to let you know what the value of your home is, please don't go to Zillow. Zillow doesn't know the real value of your home. And it people, told me my home was worth seven hundred and forty-five thousand dollars. Really? No, not quite yeah. that much. But no, people, it did not. Here's what I say to them: How could they know? Well, I, I don't know. They probably just take averages. I'm like, have they seen the inside of your home? Oof. And they're like, Not oh, the inside of my yeah. home. <laughs> they're like, oh, that's a good point. I'm like, yeah. So I can actually go over to your place, look at the inside of your home, and then compare it to other homes that have sold, that are pending, that are active on the market. There's a house across the street from mine, which not quite across, but a little kitty corner, but lit, you know, I can see it from my front porch, um, that went on the market recently. I can't park on my street anymore because of the number of people going in and out of oh, that yeah. house. I mean, so like yeah. when you're getting into the open house phase, you must be swamped right now. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you know, open houses are one thing, but most of what's happening right now is, is uh, agents are just booking a ton of showings. You right. can you can still find your dream house. In fact, a couple of our listeners, uh, Liz and Phelan, just found their dream house here in uh, South Minneapolis beautiful place and there were a bunch of offers and they actually won the uh, the bid and that so if you know of somebody looking to buy or sell 612-859-2594 this year i'm doing something new to help support local artists and bands i'm donating a portion of every sale whether it's on the buy side or sales side to local artists and our friend dave is going to be involving two artists uh, in Katie Vernon and Sarah Morris on his upcoming event. So there's the little segue for you, Brian. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about these upcoming events, but before we get there, I'd like to know just a little bit more about Parkinson's, if you don't mind, Dave. Sure. So when it comes to treating Parkinson's, obviously there are more invasive methods like what you had done, but which right. clearly has had great effect. I mean, you, I, you're not displaying any of the tremors that I've come to expect with Parkinson's. You are able to communicate very effectively. Uh, you're able to comport yourself and have a life and things like that which so obviously that's the way to go but i know that there are other ways that people approach the treatment of parkinson's even though its cause may not be utterly understood and known there's been enough research on it it's 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 prevalent enough that it's it's demanded the amount of attention that it's gotten so far so there are other ways of dealing with it exercise is also you know just movement in general is an important way of combating it exercise is a great example of uh, how to basically stem the tide there and that's one of the things that's helpful in the fight against parkinson's the way that it generally goes is you get diagnosed and then they start you on some sort of regimen of pharmaceuticals to take care of some of the issues that you're having and everybody gets you know everybody's a little bit different but i had tremors on the right side so they take care of those tremors as best they could, and they have all these tests that they run you through. But the pharmaceuticals that they give you, you know, you get used to them, and they become no longer effective or less effective, and then they don't solve the problem anymore, and you got to move up and take more and more. And at one point, I think uh, I still take a lot of pills, but 
I, I was taking like eight pills mm. at a time, three times a day. Ooh. And uh, yeah, that's that gets a little excessive, and <laughs> the uh, the side effects are a bitch. I oh, mean, I you, bet. There's all sorts of stuff, hallucinations, mm. and well, at some point when you're taking that much medication, there's got to be that point of diminishing return where the side effects are no longer worth tolerating. Whatever it was you were trying to combat in the first place, right? Exactly. Okay, and- so exercise is part of it. Pharmaceuticals is part of it. Obviously, the surgical options. So, I mean, research has happened in Parkinson's. Greater understanding exists now than has ever existed before. But we're not beating the disease. As you as you mentioned, more than a million people live with Parkinson's right now. 60,000 people are diagnosed every year, which is why the work of the Parkinson's Foundation is so crucial. And this spring into the summer seems to be a very, very active time. I don't even really know where to start looking at all the events and the things that you have coming up for education, exercise challenges, I mean, all kinds of things. So I guess let's start at the beginning. Let's start with where you're at right now. Moving Day Twin Cities is an ongoing series of events throughout the Twin Cities, right? That that happens on a yearly basis. Okay. It's, it's usually a walk. Uh, moving Day, you get out, you know, Parkinson's is a, a movement disorder. And so we get out to move and, and to exercise and get, have a beneficial day for everybody. Um, but this last couple of years has been difficult because of obvious reasons. Last year was just virtual, and we didn't have any interaction. This year we've got a drive-through plan for May 1st, 8.30 to 12.30, and uh, it's at Grace Church, uh, actually Grace Campus down in Eden Prairie. Big campus. We've mm-hmm. got a drive-through where you can take a route through the grounds. And we've got a PD generation spot. We've got all sorts of activities going on there. And you can uh, stop by and check out. But our m- moving day is actually our annual fundraiser, our biggest annual fundraiser for Parkinson's disease. And if people want to get involved, I know it's movingdaytwincities.org, correct? Correct. correct. All right, and that's a place to, A, get information, B, donate if you're so inclined, because some people, they can't be bothered to leave the home, but maybe they can still write a check for something good. Yeah, uh, that's the place to go for the event. Okay. Uh, Really, the place to go for information would be Parkinson, and that's singular, dot org. Parkinson.org. Org. And that's the Parkinson's Foundation website, and there is just a ton of mm-hmm. content on there. People can find out about... When I first was diagnosed in 2005, as recently as 2005, and that's, believe it or not, 15 years ago now. Mm. But when I was diagnosed, there, you know, I had all these questions, and there was nothing that really was a, a source to go to that was a, a singular source like the Parkinson foundation has all this information in one spot it's organized well and uh, it gives you information based on what your particular quest so Mm. if you're a not young onset parkinson person like i am yeah i was diagnosed when i was 45 and they say prior to any time prior between you know whatever and 60 is young onset because typically people are diagnosed later in life, but I got the four good fortune of being diagnosed early. So I had particular questions about young onset yeah. and you can go into 
and drill down and find out more about things particular to young onset Parkinson's. Is the prognosis better for people with young onset? The prognosis isn't better, but the um, ability to handle the disease is. Like manage it and treat right. it and that sort of thing. Exactly, because uh, yeah. you're younger and you, you're not. You're as, stronger, probably. But, right. Uh, yeah. You're not as worn down <laughs> by, by the man. By the man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amen. You are preaching to the choir now. Parkinson.org. But even if you want to localize it, you can go to Parkinson.org slash Minnesota Dakotas. You can also call 1-800-4PD-INFO. That is 1-800-473-4636 for lots of other details. I want to talk more about events that are coming up because I know you got a lot more going on this summer. Plus, we have a little musical action to get to in just a little bit. But we need to hear another song because you are a music enthusiast. You have been to your share, possibly more than your share, I'm (laughs) guessing, of rock shows out there. And you've chosen a band that I've been invited to see twice in my life and both times i because you know at a certain point you go out to see so many shows you're like nah i'm good and i regretted it afterwards both times because of the descriptions i got about the band you have chosen the beautifully named Slobberbone. <laughs> <laughs> well there's something about a band that does their initial gig at a park and go liquor store in Denton, <laughs> uh, Florida, and does it for beer. <laughs> that just kind of encapsulates the whole idea of fun and rock and roll. Rock and me. roll, man. That that yeah. sounds like rock and roll to me. Yeah. So that's uh, and you know <clears throat> these days I get my music more from Spotify than anything else. But I, I love going in there and getting some of the. The algorithm-based uh, stuff that they send you, because, you know, I, I run into all sorts of stuff that I've never heard before, and, and so, you know, you go down rabbit holes all oh, the yeah. time, and uh, that's good for hours of fun, but these uh, this this band really encapsulates the idea of fun for me, so... And some people just never learn, and that's what this song is about, too, that even after you get arrested, you take a cab... Back to the bar right from jail. I know those people. <laughs> yes. I know I, those people. I do too. Six weeks on the road now, I'm feeling kind of spent. There's a few things I need and one's a friend. A few good games of pinball and a double whiskey sour. I'll rinse it with a beer and repeat again. You know I, I couldn't find you in the place you used to be I'm a sucker for the old times, that's me But I asked around the bar, they said you were gone for a couple of days On a vacation in the drunk tank, so they'd say Seems you were walking down the street, looking for relief Your bedroom seemed a hundred miles away Seemed the perfect place to sleep Cops woke you up and cuffed you where you lay Yeah, so what's the price of stolen sleep? I guess it's pretty steep $250 for your bill They tried to raise some money to get you out of jail And I guess they did their damnedest, but they failed all
Slobberbone seems like one of those bands to me, like Super Suckers, where the recorded output is just fine, but in order to properly appreciate them and yes. genuinely know what they are at their essence, you got to see them live, don't you, Dave? I would guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm trying to imagine a band with that sort of sense of fun and that spirit live, and I turned it down twice when friends invited me. Why am I such an idiot, Sean? <laughs> Strangers Arm and Arm was what was great about that show, is that people that you don't know are dancing with you, male yep. and female, yeah, like holding, absolutely. like going, it's like, it was that, that type of environment where people were like, Leave your ego at the door. We're yeah. going to see Slobberbone. <laughs> Let's know? do this. Yeah, exactly. Let's light this candle. Yeah. Dave Egamo is our guest today, and we are talking about Parkinson's and the Parkinson Foundation. Dave, I want to ask you a question, and I know that it's a little irresponsible to ask you to speculate, but I want to know, you know, you living with Parkinson's now for 15 years, um, possibly longer, I, I, I remember reading a statistic that said one million people live with Parkinson's in the U.S. right now. Right. Globally, it's estimated the number is 10 million, 
which means that there is a widely disproportionate number of Americans who live with Parkinson's compared to the rest of the world. Now, I know that we don't know the exact cause. Uh, I wonder, though, if with your experience and the people you've worked with and the things you've read and learned over your life, do you have any sort of gut feeling as to why Americans would suffer from Parkinson's more than the global average? Well, I think it's a combination of things, and part of it may just be the fact that we've got such good medical attention and and diagnosis here that we can capture it, because the diagnosis of Parkinson's is a particularly insidious thing. I mean, there's all these little, there's no set test for Parkinson's. Right. They have all these visual and physical cues so there aren't like there aren't like blood markers or dna tests or anything like you you basically to get diagnosed with parkinson's you it's a it's a a combination of all these other elements that's right really Even, even in the gene study they've identified seven genes that are associated with parkinson's you could have all seven of those genes and still not have Parkinson's. There's not a Parkinson's test. No, there's no test. Wow, that's uh, that blows my mind. Actually, I didn't right know there. that. I, I didn't know that before. That, that no chemical or I mean, uh. there's a test that they've got testing that they run through to give a da- diagnosis of Parkinson's, but not a gene or a blood test no, or a, oh, you've got this marker. You're clearly so. Right. It, it's really an amalgam of these other symptoms where they're like, you must have. It's amazing to me that Parkinson's was even diagnosed or, or discovered as a, is it a syndrome? Is it a disease? It's a disease. It's a, so it's amazing so to me that that was diagnosed ever when there's not sort of a, a given like, oh, this is in your blood or, oh, right. you have this, this structure in your brain or this sort of thing. Wow, that's wild to me. So you think that it's really, I mean, and again, that makes perfect sense because for all the things you can say are wrong with America, the science, the medical science is top notch here. And so, and that's probably why it's recognized here more. It probably is more prevalent than 10 million worldwide, just undiagnosed or not recognized. Exactly. Interesting. All right. Well, Parkinson's foundation is doing a ton of work before we circle back around to a couple of guests we've had on this show multiple times, Sarah Morris and Katie Vernon, who are two of the brightest points of musical light that you could ever meet in your entire life. Let's talk about the other events that you have coming up this summer, because I know that there is, well, you're wearing the t-shirt. The Parkinson's Revolution is a bike riding event that is uh, an indoor cycling event. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that's coming up on June 12th. And uh, we, we've partnered with the Cycle Bar to run our, uh, run our indoor event. And uh, we are working with the YMCA's to potentially do something there as well. But people can get involved regardless whether they want to go in and do spinning. If, if they're just bike enthusiasts, they can hop on a bike and, uh, you know, pedal anywhere and just go ride for Parkinson's. And basically the idea is to fundraise around your biking. So, you know, get out and hit up your neighbors and get everybody to sponsor you for 10 miles of biking and, uh, then you can uh, hop on the website, which is, I believe it's pdrevolution.com. pdrevolutionmn.org is the one I got right here. That's the one. Yeah, pdrevolutionmn.org. Well, I know a lot of people, especially given the time of year, and even though spring keeps kind of pushing back a little bit on us and keeping things a little cooler, which I personally don't mind, but living here close to the parkway in South Minneapolis, the number of people out on their bikes 
even still, even though the snow is gone, those ridiculous moon bikes, whatever the bikes <laughs> may be, if, if you're if you're cycling for a good cause, then you can absolutely do it. And there are a lot of people who are looking to get out there. So moving day is coming up uh, on May 1st. And you've got the Parkinson's Revolution Twin Cities on June 12th. And there are always going to be ongoing events. When we talk about raising money for Parkinson's, obviously, this is the the Minnesota branch of that, but this is something that's nationwide and truly worldwide, correct? Correct. So when this money is raised, what what form does the research take? And again, I'm not trying to delve into the too deep into the science of it because I don't pretend to be a medical professional. I don't pretend to have a deep understanding of biochemistry, but is it is it? What what form does it take? Where does that money go? Well, a good example would be the PD generation study. And uh, we've worked, uh, we're partnering with Struthers Center, Parkinson's Center, to do this study. Uh, and that's where a lot of the research money right now is going to, to fund that research. Um, and basically, it's driven by the needs of the community. So one of the things we've identified is the genetic structure is, you know, we need to know more about this. So that's what we focus on right now. But needs change and we'll, we, we kind of earmark a certain portion of the money we raise for research and then part of it's for um, community outreach and, uh, events and things like that and you know website development and stuff like that to to help with the community outreach other than some of the more obvious physical out you know the 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 tremors i guess you know i mean most people when they think of parkinson's if they know nothing else about it the tremors are what they associate with it what are some of the other symptoms um well you may or may not be able to tell but speech is one symptom you know there's cognitive symptoms and speech is a symptom that uh, is associated with parkinson's sense of smell is actually believe it or not uh one of the first signs that you might have parkinson's is loss of sense of smell which is kind of scary with uh covid going on right now right uh, <clears throat> but, Although if you've uh, ever smelled Brian's feet, it's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. There was a time when that was true. Because Back in I, the no socks and loafers era? It was, it was actually the no socks and converse era. Oh, okay. Sorry. That, which oh, I mean, like yeah. you're just wrapping your stinky young feet in rubber. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a terrible idea. However, I, I refuse to leave the house without a shower and clean socks these days. So how dare you, first can, of all. Can I mention one thing, Dave, that you mentioned off the off the show here that I thought was fantastic is that you give back in so many ways, and you said one of the things that you really, uh, you know, pride yourself on is talking to people that were just diagnosed. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, you know, when I was diagnosed, I remember what it was like, uh, you know, having these questions and Mm -hmm. being like, well, this is kind of, you know, first you don't obviously believe it. Yeah, denial. Denial period. But, But then it's like, okay, this you know, my life's over. Um, well, no, it's not. And, uh, you know, I still go out at least once a week and play golf and do all the things that I ever did and do more than I ever did. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, so I, I like to share that with people that are new, newly diagnosed so that they get the 
gain the understanding that this isn't a death sentence. Yeah. It's not the end of your life. It's something that you have to deal with and manage. And uh, hopefully they will come up with a cure. And that's why I'm working with the organization. Is our, our goal as the Parkinson's Foundation is to come up with a cure. I mean, that's the end goal. So. Well, and I think for a lot of people, it's like you don't want pity. You want people to help make lives better. It's like, uh, you know, please help us actually make this better. You know, feeling sorry for somebody is one thing. It's another thing to say, hey, we just want to help you live a better life. And so we're going to contribute. We're going to support and do whatever we can to be really nice someday if we could cure it. But at this point, it's about how do we people help people manage their lives better that have been diagnosed. Right. That are living with it. You know, some of the things that you, you didn't know before that are kind of surprising uh, around Parkinson's. Yeah. Uh, you just, as we get more and more experience, those have become part of our overall knowledge and they're not a mm-hmm. surprise. Absolutely. It's so that, nice, like hallucinations, for instance. I didn't know that until yeah, today. Yeah, no, neither, neither did I. And I was, I actually was experiencing them. and uh, Oh, that'd be scary. Yeah, it was very scary. Mm. I mean, I would tell my kid I see dead people you know oh. it it was uh, you know kind of that. hallucinations are only good when you want to have them right right absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and even then not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily. no having been not, down that road myself yeah. se- self-induced hallucinations can be enjoyable but I don't recommend them for anybody and not certainly not always good no yeah. certainly not with Parkinson's but no. things to watch out for so by the way the, the message of you talking to people with early onset or people who are suddenly having to face it because i think when people get news like that you know you yourself said it's not a death sentence i peep i think people think like oh well that's it everything i knew about my life is now over and right. that's not the case you can maintain a quality of life and you and there is always hope i mean otherwise you're not doing the work you do for the parkinson's foundation parkinson singular dot org is ground zero for information for resources and if you go to parkinson.org slash minnesota dakotas that'll put you in touch locally once again that number 800-473-4636 for all these events for all the resources you could possibly need and before we make one last mention uh because we do have to wrap things up of moving day twin cities which is coming up on us quick here you brought us a gift today that I want to ask you about. Uh, first of all, I'm extremely appreciative. You know, the Smart Start MN Studio is a modest, what, 12 by 12 room? I think it's 12 by 12. That it's seems roughly. right. Roughly. <laughs> um, but we've gone out of our way to adorn the walls of things that matter to us, sometimes focused around bands, local artists, whatever the case may be. By the way, that Taylor Swift calendar is now five months out of date, and we need a new cheapy wall calendar, so something to keep in mind. But, you know, people have been bringing us by art to hang up in here and slowly fill up the walls, which I love. You brought something today, uh, Dave, that I absolutely love for a couple of reasons. One is it's one of the records I remember seeing when I was a teenager coming down from Coon Rapids. We would take the bus or my friend's car down about once a month and go to Schinder's on the old block E, and we would go to Northern Lights, the record store. And this was, I mean, you know, we had music land at Northtown, but the Northern Lights was my first experience as a teenager when I was first falling in love with music. You know, that X era we're talking about there where you walked in, it smelled funny in there. Those dudes were smoking (laughs) reefer. I'm sure of it. (laughs) But I mean, you'd walk in and the racks were filled with records 
by bands you've never heard of in your entire life. This was fascinating to me. Like the whole world was opening up and I, I was so excited as a young music fan. And one of them that was always on the wall at Northern Lights was the record that you brought us in today, beautifully framed by Ed Ackerson's 27 Various, that record high. And it, it's such a beautiful record, man. And rest in peace, Ed Ackerson. And um, what, what made you bring that particular gift in? Well, a couple of things. Uh, a good friend, a real good friend of mine, Linda Pittman, gave that to me um, when we were in college. And uh, it was, uh, you know, I was excited about it because it was, you know, a gift. And I was waiting to take it home and listen to it. Put it in the back window of my car. Is that why it looks like the way it looks like? And and so that's why the record. And if you look at it, it sort of looks like a flower. Well, I was going to say, oh, Flower Flower Studio. Studio. I see one of our most recent guests. In fact, both of our most recent guests, Mark Malman and the Black Widows. Mark Malman goes back decades with Ed Ackerson and the Black Widows. They recorded their most recent new songs, one of which we heard on episode 148 of the podcast was recorded at Flower Studios. And that's another reason why I brought that in here, because I, I know you want to you know references for local yes local music local musicians and ed was just one of the best so it's beautiful i have to admit that i have friends who have taken old vinyl before and made sort of like artwork out of it or bowls or whatever Mm -hmm. lampshades that kind of thing i thought that you had done that on purpose right there but you're telling me that's the natural evolution of a 27 various record sitting in the back (laughs) in the back window of your car yeah that's (laughs) that, that was my learning through experience moment well, I'm, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very sorry that happened. I don't mean to laugh at your misfortune, <laughs> but your long-term misfortune has turned into our mutual good fortune. So that will go up on the wall this afternoon, and I cannot thank you enough for that, Dave. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much, and thanks for all the work you do. You bet. Yeah, absolutely. So now, before we go, our final song here is going to be by a young woman who's been a guest a couple times on the Brian Oak Show podcast. And when I said before that she is one of the defining rays of musical light in the twin cities that's not damning her with faint praise i I, and it's not hyperbole she is incredible her energy is incredible her desire her drive her ability all of it is so good i'm a huge huge fan of sarah morris so tell me about the musical portion of moving day twin cities the musical portion is going to start out at 8 30 and we've got four well actually a.m or p.m am okay yeah, wow so getting up early, get up early. katie vernon is going to kick us off at eight thirty, so she's getting us up and then sarah comes next at nine thirty, and then we've got a polka slash rock and roll band for the last two segments of the day to kind of bring us in down the wire so um sarah was interesting i i was telling sean before i actually heard her on your show and that's why i reached out to her really yeah so uh she's the reason or you're the reason why she's going to be playing is because that occurred to me because of the show so well that's wonderful i mean that people ask me routinely what is the podcast about because apparently podcasts are supposed to be about something <laughs> and i you know i did had no idea when we started this 150 episodes ago that there was supposed to be a theme or a point and ostensibly it's about music and local musicians but it's really about the stories of our community mm-hmm. and the place that we live and the way that our lives intersect in unusual ways 
So that's super humbling to me that you heard yeah. Sarah on this show, and now Sarah is going to be part of a greater good, which she already devotes yes. much of her life to. But it's not surprising, and only adds wonder and joy to my heart that she's going to be part of Moving Day's Twin Cities. So Moving Day Twin Cities. So Parkinson's Foundation of Minnesota and the Dakotas. Parkinson.org slash Minnesota Dakotas, all one word right there, 1-800-473-4636, and moving, uh, movingdaytwincities.org, and don't forget about pdrrevolutionmn.org. You've got a busy spring and summer in front of you, Dave. Good luck with all of it. Yeah, thank you. And thank thanks. you for having me, episode 150. I'm How about honored, that? Guys. How Crazy? About that? I am honored. <laughs> Milestone. We are honored. Thank well, you so much. We look forward to having you back at some point in the future, and we'll talk more about it. We'll talk more about upcoming events. And um, if your music picks are this good, you're going to have to come back and just bring some more music, <laughs> even if we don't have any events to talk about, man. Thanks again for the gift, and it's really good to see you. Thank you, guys. Before we say goodbye completely to Dave, uh, thanks to our Patreon supporters. Thanks to Audio Quip, the local providers who provided us with all of our sound equipment here in the studio. Now that people are getting back out, are doing events, are getting back to doing TED Talks, Audio Quip, Nate and his entire crew, absolutely worth talking to and hanging out with them and um and thank you sean i'll talk to you soon thank you and oh my gosh you know who's going to be on the next episode little teaser julius collins oh i can't wait he's a good guy too do you know julius at all no, dude oh know. fantastic yeah i know so something Check to look forward to on episode no. 151 but before we put the, the, the final seal before we close the final uh, back cover of episode 150 let's hear a little sarah morris shall we this is all mine on the brian oak show episode 150 thanks for listening I need her already in my hand A couple of neon signs Shaped like an arrow saying Ride this way to the path I meant to travel A bit of confirmation I belong where I am at I could use some of that Oh, I've been stumbling
Tell you the secrets of a city.